Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Chad Greenway grew up in a town with a population of 400, graduated high school alongside 25 classmates, and he played nine-man football. But the 39-year-old who lived out a dream playing 11 NFL seasons, including two Pro Bowl appearances, always honors one of the most important lessons he learned from one of the most important people in his life. Find out by tuning into part one of my talk with Chad Greenway. Chad Greenway's story is full of Disney magic, a small town South Dakota farm boy who couldn't shake a far-fetched dream. He wanted to become a pro football player, even though he didn't come from a family, community, or state with much of a reputation in the sport. But his parents never discouraged him from playing and pursuing football, so long as he completed his chores. And I don't mean just taking out the trash and loading the dishwasher. No. The Greenways had a farm to run, and everyone in the family had chores and responsibilities, which actually helped Chad develop as an athlete. But as he rose through the ranks, finding success at each level, Chad Greenway leaned on life lessons from Mount Vernon, South Dakota, especially one from his father. Don't forget where you came from. Having known Chad for over 15 years, I can back him up and say that he's honored his father's wishes. Let's jump into part one of my talk with Chad Greenway. Well, I am so excited to have with me as my guest today, Chad Greenway. Chad, thank you so much for joining me. You bet. Thanks for having me. Chad, I had the great privilege of covering you when you were drafted by the Minnesota Vikings and to see the man that you've become, you know, throughout your career, all 11 with the Vikings. And then to see that wonderful transition afterward, you know, into a community member, into a business owner, into starting your nonprofit with your wife, and then of course, raising your four wonderful daughters. It has just been so great to watch all that from my perspective. What do you remember about interacting with me when in my old days as a reporter? Yeah, it's always, uh, well, again, it's, it's fun to be on and, and it's fun that we've remained kind of intact and connected and, and uh, communicating, you know, over the years. Um, and I've been out now five years, which is insane. Um, I think the relationship between, you know, athlete and journalist or athlete and, you know, somebody who's giving an interview to you can, can seem uh, superficial, right? It can seem transactional. And there's certain guys, and you're one of them, that's why I bring it up, that, that you could sort of have a conversation with and, tr and trust them and not, say, you know, if I said something that may be out of bounds, I knew it wasn't going to get written the next day or take advantage of. And um, so I think I really learned to respect those guys that you can really trust and have a conversation because it's a working relationship. And yeah, there's a piece of it that's, that's transactional and everybody has a job to do. But I can remember you being definitely in that that kind of bowl of, of guys that were really trustworthy and, and fun to interact with and talk to and and were respectful. And, and uh, not, that, not that you took it easy on me or anybody else, but you asked the appropriate question and, and uh, I always thought that was really great. And then obviously just on the side, just, you know, you're a great guy and, and fun to talk to. And, and, you know, once I had my kids and started getting to the youth space, I know it was something that really interested you. So we've always had something good to talk about. Now, I remember we were at a uh, soccer association meeting when both of us were just starting to get into coaching. Yeah. You know, we kind of did that around the same time. And so that was yep. really special connecting that way, too. And I really appreciate your wisdom and insight on sort of that reporter athlete dynamic and really my approach, I think throughout was 
how would I want to be treated? You know, and, and I think that what I see so often now, especially sort of in the political arena, is people, reporters will ask a question that they have to ask, but it's how they ask it. And I think that sometimes you can ask a question, but you can always ask it respectfully. And yeah. you can, oh, you know, sure. instead of just instead of looking like, oh, wow, he asked the tough questions. Yeah. But but how do you ask it? Can you ask it in a respectful way? And again, that goes back to how would I want to be treated? I just I watched the Chicago Bears press conference with the owner of the Bears. And there were several very important questions that needed to be asked. But I felt like a couple of them crossed that line where it was very antagonistic. I mean, how do you want a human being who receives that question to respond? And so I I just find too much of that. And so um, that's just become a bigger and bigger problem, I feel like, in the social media age where things are consumed in five and 10 and 15 second bits. And I certainly don't miss that part of the business, Chad. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I do some podcasts or listen to some podcasts and I, I, the long form communication like we're doing here is so it's so important because you get the full story. You get to ask, ask the question. You get to build a, a rapport and relationship with the interviewer, with the convert, you know, the, folks, the, the person you have a conversation with. But I, I think that, you know, it's everybody's looking for that instant gratification now as, as the social media age has come about and uh, come upon us and, and they want that. Wow. And they want that pop and you lose some of the respect of, again, this is not all journalists and this is not all athletes and this is not all politicians, right? We all know there's the, the percentage that, that live above the fracas, but, but you're right on point. I mean, that, that bond is certainly unique. And when it's done well, that journalist can pull the information that's needed and, and exciting out in a, an appropriate way. And I think that's the, the right story to tell anyways, typically. One of the amazing things that we have in common, both of us are from a Mount Vernon. I'm from Mount Vernon, just outside of uh, DC. Went to Mount Vernon High School. Uh, in Alexandria, Virginia, and you're from Mount Vernon, South Dakota. And I always thought that was such an incredible place for you to grow up and emerge into this 11-year player in the NFL. Growing up in, in Mount Vernon, did you ever think that you would have a career like this, Chad? No, I mean, I, I dreamt of it. Um, and I think it's as a kid and my kids now, I mean, you dream of things that that um, sometimes you can dream into action and, and reality. And sometimes, you know, it's too far fetched. Um, the story can't be told. But I think, you know, what what we all love, I think, about America is that that in most cases, right, those dreams can be lived. Those dreams can be can be sought. I mean, I, you know, my town was 400 people. I graduated 26 kids in my class, nine man football. I mean, the whole world saying, what do you I mean? There's no way. Right. I'm not coming. I'm not from a talent rich state. Um, nobody recruits South Dakota. You know, my, my genetic background isn't some, you know, elite, you know, you know, thing. I mean, I have a group, my, my grandparents are farmers on both sides. My parents are farmers. I was blessed with a, an unbelievable supportive community, um, an unbelievably supportive family, great parents. Um, I'm truly a product of a you know, two parent household that is just, uh, that worked um, in tandem to find the common good for the family and the kids. And that doesn't mean that, you know, people always think that means it's easy. No, but I learned to really watch and respect my parents to, for the struggle to make that marriage work and to last and to be strong and to fight. And it's fun. It's fun to get old in a sense because I now gain perspective on all those things that 
created who I am and the, my, my train of thought and my thought process on around, around different things and issues and, and topics. And there's no doubt the Genesis is from my farm and that small community. And it, whether it's the community give back, um, whether it's the fear of failure, whether it's the, the motivation to keep my name in a good light, you know, respect the name that was given to me, uh, by my grandfather and, um, just pass that torch onto my own children is so important. And I always thought, you know, especially coming from a small state to really be the torch bearer for athletes coming from South Dakota, you know, Ben Lieber, certainly another one of them. We have, we have a few and to be a torch bearer for, for folks in South Dakota, that's, that's so rural to say that's one of ours and we're sure darn proud of him and to drive back across the state lines and be welcomed and supported is it's so important for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, growing up there was, it was Americana, it was Americana rural upbringing, you know, it was, it was awesome. I, I loved it. Chad, I have so much respect for farmers. Yes. I mean, just there's there's no shortcut. I mean, that's one of the things you learn as a farmer is that there's no shortcut to cultivating crops, to raising animals. What was one of those enduring lessons that you learned growing up on a farm? Mm. Yeah, I mean... You know, the true reap what you sow as far as work ethic and time put in and, and, and the literal reap what you sow as far as, you know, a, a crop product. But, you know, what I found amazing was with my, my parents' faith in the process and faith in the, in the work they put in with no guarantee there was going to be an outcome or a crop with no guarantee the bills were going to be paid, with no guarantee that things were going to go okay. Um, but they worked nonetheless, and they toiled and they ground through just a bunch of, you know, either financial or issues or drought or losing crops or, you know, whatever. There's, you just see them struggle. I think the most important thing I got, though, was in this case, you know, we're talking, if we're talking in a sense of a kid, is chores, right, or responsibilities. They, they weren't just take out the garbage or do the dishes or mow the lawn. It was, it was chores that mattered. It was chores that if you don't do this correctly, the farm suffers and the business suffers. If you don't do this right or get this fence built or get these pigs loaded on time or, or get this done or that done, you know, it impacts the business. And chores were bigger than just go mow the lawn or take the garbage out. Chores, chores mattered and had to be done on time. It had to be done correctly. So it was this idea of I have to listen. I have to take feedback. I have to take criticism. I have to improve. I have to take the responsibility. Um, and then I have to go do. So raising, getting raised in that environment was, was really, it's really made life pretty easy um, when you keep it in that light because nothing good um, ever comes easy. And if it's, if it's really, really good, it's always worth fighting for. And I think you keep that kind of simple perspective, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have a great life. I know that sometimes when we're young, attitude matters so much. Did you have a good attitude toward those chores? You know, were you always pretty dutiful that way? Did you have the right mindset when you approached them? Or did that take time to grow into that? Having the you know, proper I, attitude? I, I, I was the youngest of three, so I observed a lot of my sisters. And, you know, I, being the youngest, I get to see my sister getting yelled at for something and say, okay, I'm not going to go down that path. Um, you know, or, and my parents were, they, they disciplined us. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, it wasn't like some, you know, egregious beating or something, but I mean, it was, we were held accountable and, you know, it was a different, different mentality and different era and different, they had different parents growing up and different mindsets. And quite honestly, that discipline really mattered to me. And, and I took it in and I listened. Now I wasn't like always like, yeah, you know, I want to get up at five thirty and load pigs so I can go smell like a pig in, in school all day. I mean, I'm, I was still a teenager. I was still doing naughty things and, and being a kid. But, um, when the rubber met the road, um, I, I learned to appreciate them. And then when you, when you leave and look back, you love them, you miss them, 
you adore that, that opportunity to go back and do it. I just bought a farm actually up here in Minnesota, um, a couple months ago, um, to get back into that mode and mentality, because I just sometimes think, you know, the only advice my dad's passed, as you know, but the most important advice I've received in my life was from him. And it was simple. Just don't forget where you came from. You know, you never forget where you, you never forget where you came from, what made you, that can be a, you know, your childhood was really crappy. You can learn from that and never forget that. If your childhood was, you grew up on a, with a silver spoon, right? But you had to grind and work for things on your own. Never forget that, right? And, and, you know, in our case, we, we, we didn't grow up with a lot. We had each other and, um, and that was enough, right? And, and we just, uh, my parents just, just worked and worked and taught us kids how to, how to work and how to learn and, and how to dream. You know, they never cut my dream short. Um, they never said I couldn't do it. They never said it wasn't possible. And, you know, I was a little distracted with, with sports more than most kids, uh, but my parents worked through that and, and I still got my chores done. Chad, what was your favorite childhood sports related memory? Yeah, it's, it's my favorite sports memory of, of all. Um, so I won, we won back-to-back state football championships, my junior and senior high school. And there's something unique about, you know, the ju- my junior year was awesome. We had a su- an incredibly talented team. Uh, there's a bunch of kids that played college football off that team, you know, which from a small town is pretty unique. But my senior year, it wasn't even a, a touchdown or, or something. It was it was the locker room after we won our state title my senior year. And I look around at these boys, you know, there's there's eight senior boys that played football. And those are the same eight that I played kindergarten football with on the playground. And, you know, we had one K through 12 in one building. So you look around and I see these other seven that weren't going to play college football. This was their last game. And um, I didn't know at that point I was going to go on to do what I did, obviously. But that moment, um, I'll never forget because you look around and those are the guys you dreamt this thing with for 12, 13 years. And I've never had a teammate even to this point that was that long. Adrian was 10, B-Rob was 10, but those guys were my teammates for for 12 years. And we won that title and um, look around and just special people, special friends. I'm, I'm tight with all of them still. And that bond will never be broken. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time. 